0: church boys it's Mania, billy Chaz. chop mania yeah.
1: it's chop mania chop mania so what are your thoughts chop on makes me hungry that word chop it just makes yeah. me think of like beef yeah. being awake makes you hungry oh it does i had i had three beautiful pieces of pizza tonight and oh, you so did, huh? what, what i did I how had, big a piece are they like
0: pizza sized pieces of pizza like you just took the paint the pizza and folded they it in were- half.
1: <laughs> they were they were a good size. It was a lot of pizza. I am a pizza fiend. I could eat pizza. If you said that you could have one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be pizza. Oh, it is. And, Hands you know,
0: down. What's the best meal you and I ever had together? We went to that Cuban place, right? And we had the Cuban sandwiches once in New York. But what's the yes. best meal you and I ever had together?
1: John's. Oh, wasn't it
0: John's yes, Pizzeria? Yes, John's Pizzeria. Yeah, am
1: 43rd. Oh. 40, I think it's 43rd. I, can't tell, you time many, I oh. can't
0: tell you how many people I have recommended that place to. And they've all gone, I can't believe this is amazing. And it's not like... It is the best. And it's not like a tourist trap. It's a legit restaurant near Times Square that people go to. And it's I mean, in an old church, yeah, which is a little the tourists go to, but and I think cool. a lot of New Yorkers go there, too, because it's really good food. It's not
1: just some sort of tourist trap. It's not Olive Garden on well, Times Square. And it's- and it's tucked away in between a bunch of – I don't like Broadway at all. We've talked about this on yeah. the show. But it's tucked in between all these Broadway theaters. And so it is a place that gets busy sometimes because people go to shows and they yeah. go, they get food there. But it's just in a cool location, it right? Is. Like if it's not busy on Broadway, it, it can be empty in there. And when I was in college, I discovered it. And that's like if any time I go into Manhattan, I need to go to a restaurant, I need to meet with somebody, mm-hmm. that is where I choose to go. It really is. It is
0: unbelievable. And what I had the calzone. What did you have? You have a Calzone. I had too, the Calzone you? too. And I had we both too. finished our Calzones. There were no leftovers. We did. And they were huge. They're enormous. They were huge. Well, a Calzone is essentially uh, a pizza, taco, slash burrito.
1: I mean, and these were, you know, ginormous. They should be sponsors. They should be sponsors of the show because here we are giving them free advertising. And, and you
0: know what? I would pay, I would allow them to pay us with Calzones. They wouldn't even have to give us money. They could just pay us with food.
1: <laughs> well, I you know anyway this is what happens on this show we uh-huh. start talking about the chop the chaz. we end up talking about kel zones but that is the best place oh, i'm really dying is. for it now it but i won't step foot in the city so like oh, you won't until, you still won't not until there's a trait there has to be no trace of covid then i'll go back so and so when you
0: do start going back into the city what will what will be your mode of getting because usually you're a train guy
1: right don't you take the train into grand central I take the train into Grand Central, and then you know I walk because I don't do subways. Which uh, prophetic. Uh, look at what what happened with subways. Yes. But um, yes, your hoity-toityness yeah.
0: has paid off.
1: I mean, I don't know. I'm gonna have to like rob a bank so that I can afford to take black cars everywhere. Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Uh, taking black cars everywhere, I but, can.
0: But do you do you trust the do you trust the Uber drivers, the black car drivers? I mean, seriously.
1: They're oh, good, I'm they're talking about like I'm talking too. about a service, not just Uber. I would yeah, like an but actual these guys, are,
0: these, but these guys are. Do you think they're tested regularly? They're just no. I don't think anybody is. Drivers. No, they're not.
1: Are you kidding me. No, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't get in a cab right now either. I don't know. Like, I honestly don't know when I'll be comfortable going back into the city. It's That's kind of a crazy thought. Like, I wasn't going that often. You know, because of my current situation and, and working for companies that are not in, in well, New York. but Well,
0: well, pe- well when you say current situation, but people don't know is that you had an accident. And you are paralyzed from the belly button down.
1: Oh, shut <laughs> up. I did not. I just I mean, working from home, I don't need to go in as often. But if yeah. there was like, let's say there was a reason to go in for Fox News or something, I wouldn't go right now. I mean, I, I'm not I have no interest, not because. I'm not petrified of dying of COVID, but I'd prefer avoiding it right. and not giving it to other family members and all that. We've, you know, we've talked about this. I just, I can't foresee a time, anytime soon. And if you look right now, videos of the city, the city in many yeah. areas is still desolate. It's still completely desolate. Right. So what well, you so, wouldn't,
0: you wouldn't go into New York? What? See now, I'm. Listen, I'm a different. I'm I'm experiencing a whole different covid situation here than you are right you guys have it you know like everybody in your neighborhood has it except you like your girls have had it four times that's so (laughs) we don't we haven't really had it here so i i have a different mentality when it comes to i i would still personally if it were me based on just what i have experienced and my attitude toward coronavirus right now i would go to the city i would just avoid the subway Buses certainly anything where there's a large crowd of people together. But as far as just walking down the street in New York and going to my office, I wouldn't have a problem with it. I would, I it's again speaking from my experience now, I, I would I would go out to eat. Now I might decide, you know what, I'm just gonna get everything to go. But I'd be okay going to hotels like I always did when I when we when you and I both worked had the office in New York. When I'd go and stay in that ho- the hotel just down the street from the office, I would have
1: any I would have no issue with that. Well, they don't – you can't actually dine in anywhere yet. I don't oh, really? think that we – yeah, there's no dine-in. We don't have dine-in where I am right now, so there's nowhere. We're about to go into it. I don't know, Friday, Monday, or Tuesday. They're about to go into phase three, which will allow you to eat indoors at 50% capacity. But right wow. now, you've got – so if you drive by the restaurants and te- we have restaurants like across the street from where we live. The seating is all outside right now. Oh, okay. So that's how So there how is outdoor are. seating, though. You can, you can eat outdoors at a restaurant. Yes, For the past week and a half, you've been able to eat outdoors at a restaurant. Uh, Um, But like even even driving, the roads are quiet still. They're really quiet. Do all the workers have to wear their masks? Yeah. So you've got uh, I think the workers have to wear masks. Um, You know, we've you have to wear masks in every store you go to. So there's no going to a store without a mask here. Um, So wait. So and I don't think wait. masks,
0: Masks are mandatory where you are.
1: They're ma- yeah. Well, yeah. By executive order, I don't know how they're inf- if they're enforcing that. I don't know that it's legally binding, but you technically legally are supposed to be wearing a mask.
0: Oh wow! Because around here, so, it's it's not mandatory from the state, but there there are some businesses that have asked people to wear like Costco. Everybody knows about the Costco rule, so there's places like Costco that have done that, but we haven't had that other stuff.
1: So what is your what are your thoughts? Yeah, so you you have to wear a mask in um, in New York. Yeah, it's man, it's mandatory. What do
0: you think about mandatory masks? Are you for it? Against it? What do you think? I, I guess I get the debate. I get both sides. I can understand both sides.
1: I, I get both sides of it, too. If there's evidence – and the problem is that this entire COVID thing has been mixed messages on every – and you, talk, yeah. you and I talk about this every day. One minute you're going to die if you don't have a mask on. The next minute a mask is going to spread the infection. The next minute a mask doesn't matter. If there was consistency – and I think there's probably more – like common sense if you're putting a mask on properly um, and everybody's doing that, that you are going to have a lower occurrence of spreading it. So I understand why the state would say that. Um, I have not been inside of a store since March 15th, so I have no idea. I'm only going off of what I'm hearing from other people who have been in stores, you know, family and others. You know, shopping is not that fun of an experience at this point. You've got to wait. You can't just walk up to the line. They make some people wait outside and they wow. count how many people are going in. I talked to somebody today who got their haircut because you can get your hair cut now and – she told me that it was a miserable process. She had to wait forever, Ugh. and then you have to you have to write your name down, your address, because they have to report to the health department every single person <laughs> who comes in to get their haircut. So well, they, it's wild.
0: Well, when we started getting into our phases, like phase one, two, whatever, you know, whatever, they had the the rule. The governor had said that if for the for the restaurants to start opening in either phase one or phase two, you must uh, write down the names. Of the of your customers, their names and contact information, like phone numbers and stuff, and that was really controversial for a lot of people. I wrote a story about it for the Blaze, even. And the and I'm not giving any way, any secrets here because it was reported in the newspaper in the Lewiston Tribune. The one of the restaurants here said, "Listen, I have a notebook by the front door. You write down your name and your phone number. I'm not checking everybody's name and phone number. I just don't have the time to. I've got a I've got a business to run. I'm just it's the honor system. You you put down your I'm." I can't tell anybody if it's the right name or wrong name. So that's how some people were getting around it.
1: And as we're saying this, Howard Dean, you know, good old screamer, Howard Dean, about an hour hour ago, apparently AMC Theaters, um, the CEO said they're not going to require their cinemas will not require that people wear masks upon reopening because they don't want to get involved in a political controversy. Howard Dean tweeted, two reasons not to go to the AMC theaters. One, it's a big health risk. Two, the, C- the CEO is an idiot. So people <laughs> people are reacting. I mean, listen, I will say I'm not going to go to a place right now here where there are lots of people without masks right now because yeah. it's not. I think. I think that one of the problems is the parks are getting filled with people because people want to get outside, right? Yeah. Um, and that's great, but it's just like the protest. You, know, you have to wonder at some at what point is the volume so much that being outdoors is no longer a mitigating factor, right? right? Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, but I'm freaked out enough to not explore it. So,
0: so, yeah. I was thinking that maybe can we make a phone call real quick? Remember, I sent you a message a couple of weeks ago from a friend. I think they sent it through Facebook. And they said, by the way, here's so-and-so's phone number if you'd ever like to call do you remember this? It was a woman. I do kind of remember this. A woman yes. sent us the message, but I can't find the message. And how do I find it on Facebook? Because this person sent it to. Oh, crap! They sent it to the Facebook. This is page, what happens to our, to our church boys well, Facebook page. But I don't even know how to find it because I'm I feel like a, listen I feel Elderly. like an old person yes I feel like an old person trying to use Facebook cuz they change things around and there's so much useless crap I don't on Facebook. like it I, I don't like the
1: Facebook. new design the new Facebook stuff. I either, I'm not I didn't into like it I like the old design Can we can we address something yes. while while yeah. you're looking for that and and you're dealing with your elder care or whatever's yes. going on over there as you try to find whatever it is you're trying to find can we talk about the fact that Joe Biden I just have to bring it up right now is up 12 points in a Fox News poll over Donald Trump.
0: Unbelievable.
1: unbelievable. I mean, a man who has not spoken and is by all intensive purposes a human ventriloquist doll at this point <laughs> is beating Donald Trump by 12 <laughs> points.
0: Well, but, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of time between now and the election. There's a lot of time between now and the election. There's plenty of time for 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 Biden to extend his lead. And there's plenty of time for Trump to take it over because it's so fluid right now. Here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. We have gone through coronavirus, a pandemic, shut down the economy, had a huge hit, took a huge hit to the economy. Unemployment is through the roof. Government spending is through the roof. Our our federal debt is through the roof. You know, say goodbye to any sort of spending limits because people have gone absolutely bat poop crazy. Add on top of that race riots, police reform, police brutality, the 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 idiots in in Seattle who have taken which we will get back to probably after we start the show. The idiots in Seattle who have taken over six city blocks, the attempts in other cities to start their own chases or chops or whatever the heck you want to call it. All of this craziness is going on, and yet, and yet, we still have not gotten to the biggest story of the year, which is a presidential election. Can you believe? This? I don't
1: even want I don't even know what it's going to be like the next few months. and i want to I want to just read some of these highlights, right? Because this is fascinating to me. fifty six percent of voters said they disapprove of Trump's response to the demonstrations, right? So the race right. issues that are going on. Almost, I mean, 56%. You got that's almost six in 10. Yeah. Um, 60% have positive views of the protest, but here's the thing 61% of voters said they disapprove of Trump's handling of race relations in general. Mm. Um, these are big issues right now for people. 81% said they're concerned about racism, and two thirds of voters said that they view racism as a major threat to the stability of the country. So you've got a lot, and this is all going to change 50,000 times, like you're saying before the election, but. There is no doubt Trump did not handle coronavirus that well. I'm not talking about the logistics. and the. I think it was an – everyone's like, we knew this was going to happen. Nobody knew it was – yeah, you all knew. Everyone was warning. We're always warning. But nobody knew it was going to be the magnitude of what it was. I will give him that. I do think they mismanaged it. But it's more the rhetoric. It's the problem Trump always has, right? How he communicates, how he chooses to communicate, what he chooses to say. And with the race situation, what's so crazy is that – he was handed on a silver platter what could have been the most amazing moment to actually unite people and stand up, and he chose to do nothing. Yep. Except mean tweet. Yes. And make it worse. Right. I just don't, and, I
0: and, don't and, get and, it. And to tell fabrications about what's actually going on. I mean, It's one thing after another. One thing after I'm, another.
1: Uh, I mean... This is interesting. Biden has... So this is all in the Hill right now. I'm reading for it. Biden has a 79-point advantage among black voters, a 37-point advantage among young people, a 22-point lead in the suburbs, and a 19-point lead among women. He, he also leads voters over the age of 65 by 10 points. <laughs> um, I mean... Uh, they, so he's leading, Trump is leading by 41 points among evangelicals and, uh, he was carried by Christians overall by 64 points in 2016. So, and, and here's the other crazy thing. Trump's only leading by nine points among rural voters. Wow.
0: And that's, that should be his money demo. That should be his money demo. Yeah. And it's not happening.
1: And can we address – I want to just – if if you're listening to this show and you have been one of the people who have said polls don't matter, I'm going to say this. Polls change. Things change. The polls change. I don't understand why people's positions change so much, but they do. But if you're in the camp – and Chris, fight me if you want to fight me, but I have to say this. I deal with a lot of people every week who are like – Oh, fake polls, They're just like fake news. Yep. No, if you do a poll properly and scientifically, it is representative within a margin of error. And that's why you'll see 2.5 percentage points, which is what this one is. It is representative. And when you po- if you're going to point back to 2016 and say that the national polls were wrong, you are wrong. Because some of the state polls were definitely off and there was some weird things going on with the way people were self-reporting. But a lot of the national polls were yep. pretty spot on.
0: Yes, they were. I don't have a Hillary not,
1: Clinton won the popular vote.
0: Yes, I don't have a problem with with polls. Now there are there there are polls that have a better reputation than others. You know, Rasmussen has been yes. has had a reputation of being pretty pro Trump, pretty pro Republican, yes. having a little bit of a bias. Yep. And I don't know so what so you're a you're a poll expert, like you have a degree in this or you've studied it. right, is not your degree in what, at least part of it in public policy or public polling or data or something?
1: It's a uh, so social research, which was a chunk of it was this. Yeah, I mean so, my yeah my so first what, job out of grad school was working for Roper, which we, we did public affairs.
0: So what makes a poll questionable? I mean, like the reputation of how they're how they're. Why aren't polls? I I know that if you were to look if you were to look at a, at a thousand polls over the course of an election, that they're all going to be fairly similar, right? But you got you got outliers and you've got. A poll, polling companies that are consistently outliers and refuse apparently to change for whatever reason, maybe because Rasmussen's like this yeah. is what the Republicans want to hear, so it's going to keep doing. But what makes what causes that huge difference in so many polls?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you're dealing with like a representative sample. You'll you'll hear people say, oh, a thousand isn't enough. But a thousand people, if you weigh the data, which means you take the data and you weigh it against the percentages of people in the country, right? So you're not going to always interview a perfect percentage of white Americans, black Americans, Hispanic Americans, age group. You have to weigh the data to match. And so you're going to have some differences, you know, but they should be within a margin of error. But you scientifically go into it. The best example I could give is if the Blaze, or you know, PureFlix, or Faithwire, whoever does a survey of Blaze members, let's say, right, and they yeah, they you put a poll right. out, and you say, hey, I'm going to interview a thousand Blaze readers, and then all of a sudden you you say, oh well, you know, 50% of Americans believe dot dot dot. Well, that's not relevant because you did a poll of Blaze readers, right? Right. You you took it's okay to do that, but you'd have to say. Well, this percentage of blaze readers said or believe or whatever. So when you do these national polls, you have to do it in a way. And it it goes into all sorts of statistics. and, And there's a whole backlog of understanding how it's done. But I do think you're right. There are outliers. And Rasmussen has often been said to be more friendly to Republicans. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, you can go and look at Real Clear Politics. You can see the averages. They do a great job. They pull all the polls together yeah, right, right, and then they average them. And I like, actually like to look at that because I think that's a good sense yes, of what Real Clear does is, that.
0: And I and I like that. And I get and I know that like, if you're polling Blaze, you know, subscribers, or you're if you're you know if you're the you're the nation, you're pulling the nation subscribers or readers. You have to weigh that. You have to say, listen, this is really more of a survey than a poll. But listen, whatever, okay. But I'm talking these national polls who say they're scientific. Why is there such a difference between what Rasmussen does and so many other polls? Like, if you have a, if you do a polling right, if you do polling right now, right, and you do Fox News got has Trump down 12, and Reuters does one and they've got Trump down nine, and AP does one they've got Trump down you know 10, and CBS does one they've got Trump down you know 10, and Rasmussen does one and they've got Trump up a point. What? causes that difference i mean it's not rasmussen saying we're going to pull rasmussen subscribers because that's not the sure. thing so right what is what causes that kind of a difference
1: so it could be i mean there's a variety of things i i would say it could be how you're collecting the, the polling data, right? If you're calling people on a landline, well, people don't, not everybody has a landline anymore. Right? right. Um, and cell phones in the beginning of cell phone usage, not everybody had a cell phone. If you had a cell phone, you probably had a little more income, right? right? Um, now most people have a cell phone, right? And more people have cell phones than landlords landlines probably now. I don't know. Um, or if you're doing an online survey, an online version of it, the, the method through which you're collecting it can impact the type of people you're getting, and you should be weighing that data out based on that. But I think there are times that we collect data from different places, and it may create that. You will always see in a poll a margin of error, though, right? And the margin of error should be small, and that means that you could be within two to three. So that, let, let's say it says 92% of Americans you know, support Trump. If you have a margin of error that's three percentage points, that might mean that the numbers goes down to 89 or up to 95, right? right? It's it's within this margin of error. And that some people will look at that and say, well, oh, my gosh. Well, you've got to again – and it's been a long time since I've gone into – statistics is like always gives me a headache. I had to take it a couple different courses in it. But, but you know, you want to have a small margin of error. You want to make sure you're getting rep- a representative sample. But that can be tough. And so I think when you start to weigh too heavily, you can run into some of those – some of those issues and again you're talking about a thousand people two thousand i mean very rarely and you would know this because you look at these two very rarely do you see a sample size as big as four thousand because it costs a lot of money for call centers to call and interview these people right Right. but um but yeah i mean when you look at the margins of error and i would encourage people to do this go back look at 2016 don't look i'm not talking about the state because that gets complicated but the national polls Hillary Clinton won millions more <laughs> in the popular vote, so it's not shocking that she was ahead in those in those polls. So because she actually was,
0: right? But I still don't. I still don't. And maybe I'm just stupid. And that's that's always that is something we should always count as a possibility. I still don't understand why <laughs> is Rasmussen so screwy compared. What what do you, what could you say he is doing specifically? What do you suspect is going on with the, not he because Scott Rasmussen isn't with Rasmussen Reports anymore. What do you suspect Rasmussen is doing actually? I mean, what would be your guess? If gun to your head, you got to guess. This is why Rasmussen's poll is so much different from everybody else's.
1: Yeah. So one of the things, and I don't, I I want to be careful because I don't know how they're doing it now. I remember there being a discussion that Rasmussen used an automated system. Um. And so usually if you've ever been called for one of these polls or you've ever filled them out, Online in the phone calls, it's a human being who's calling and talking to you, um, and I believe that they that they use an automated system. And there was a belief and a thought that those automated systems were potentially less accurate um, than. And I think their sample size is lower. So, um, okay,
0: but I get okay, I get that the that that type of system might be less accurate. But what would Rasmussen be doing to be so consistently? pro-republican or pro-trump in their results.
1: Well, I what mean if that? you want if you want to bias a poll, you can. I'm not accusing them of doing that because I don't know. I actually would love to look more. I haven't looked at Rasmussen in a long time. You could intentionally poll more conservatives and republicans, right? You could. Yeah yeah, you could be doing that. I don't think any I don't think an organization like Rasmussen would be smart to do that because nobody would want to hire them for anything else. But um, that is something a an organization could do. I'm trying to find as we're sitting here, I text you that phone num- I
0: text you that phone number by the way. If you decide we want to do that since we need to call from your computer, but you don't, oh, we, yes. don't we don't
1: have to. It's just an option. We may want to do that. What do you think? Should we do that? We
0: can do that. Would you like to do that now? And then he can, and, and, and then this person, he, I guess he uh, can start. The, we'll talk to this person for a minute and then we'll start the show. Yeah.
1: Okay. And it should be, I mean, he may be shocked to hear from us. Okay. Well, let's give it a
0: shot, see what happens.
1: All right. Hold on. Let's see. Let's
0: do this. All right. Should we do it? Uh-huh.
1: Can, we, can we do it? Do a voice? I'm, hello. This I'm is, trying to.
0: Hello. Hello. It's. it's... Pedro, Pedro, it's Pedro there.
1: <laughs> I want you to be the one to lead this charge, okay? I want you to be the one. Now, this is we're calling Superfan Pedro. Is he still a super fan? He I, used I would to call be. him
0: a super fan, Yes,
1: he's still. Okay, I'm to going. To, I'm going to hit the button. It may not ring. Okay. So let we'll be silent until we hear him answer.
0: Is ringing? Oh. I don't hear anything. It is. Hey, ringing. sorry, I've missed your call. i uh, Just leave me a message, and I'll get back at you. Did it beep? Did it beep? Hello, um, hello, is this Pedro Cor? Pedro Cortez? This is Snidely Whiplash calling from the Met Life Insurance uh, Agency. Claps! <laughs> there's, There seems to be a problem With your claim uh, We're hearing rumors that your wife Your lovely wife Crystal Cortez Is in fact not deceased uh, Would you please call us back
1: Would you are on the phone with Clarence
0: Just Hang up
1: <laughs> I don't know how to uh, Can you disconnect Pe- him Oh it- I have it Pedro it's the church voice. Bye <laughs> there we go <laughs> oh my gosh okay right, well
0: so we can start the show now right if i can find yep Here, so this is called being professional ladies and gentlemen
2: hello from the sublime to the ridiculous but mostly ridiculous billy Hollowell.
1: hey does this suit make me look fat
2: it's not what he said you ignorant rich chris field
1: bad guy in little god let me tell you why i suck
2: lucas miles i want you to forget what you saw here today
1: Aw, i've interrupted happy time the
2: church boys
1: everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it <laughs> i hate these guys
0: now you did <laughs> we we did play our regular intro and uh, people might be wondering you know you changed your intro and you and one of the main reason that you did is because you increased the number you increased your hosting by um by 50 percent not in not in weight but in volume and uh our third, where's lucas our third wheel is gone third wheel our third leg our
1: third something <laughs> third wheel lucas you are the third wheel and <laughs> the weakest link <laughs> goodbye lucas,
0: you are the third wheel and billy is the spare tire so let's. Uh, Lucas is is out this evening. He actually was thrown in jail. No, he wasn't. He uh, he had a, another engagement. Some family stuff come up. Um, he was going to dinner and said I might be late or I might be absent or whatever. And we said that's okay. So we got a late start. Thinking maybe we'd build a little buffer for him. Uh, he still he still may call in. We don't know exactly what the situation is going on with him. But uh, we're it's nothing negative. We're not worried about anything. It's just a matter of we're just waiting to. Uh, see if he does call in. Uh, so it was funny when in the pre-show uh, Billy and I were talking. He's like, I don't even know what to talk about because I'm not even totally. I'm woefully unprepared. I'm and I'm like, thankfully, Billy, I am responsible and I have put together a few things for us to discuss. And included in those few things there's a are some uh, audio clips that I think that
1: would be fun for us to. But can, before to you roll us, can I yes. tell you one thing I discovered about Rasmussen? Yes. So we were talking about Rasmussen before the show start. Rasmussen does not call cell phones. So that would be a major, you know, we were talking about different cell phone Mm -hmm. issues with, you know, they don't apparently as of 2018, um, CNN did a whole write up on them that that is one of the factors that.
0: So they're probably getting older voters, which means it's going to skew more conservative. More yes.
1: So that's the assumption. Now, I'm not going All right. to allegedly. So they don't. Rasmussen does not come and sue us. But that's the claim that they that I guess they don't or at least they weren't as a 2018 calling. Now, they did, by the way, to their credit, they predicted a two percentage point margin. Um, I'm sorry. They predicted that Hillary would win by two percentage points. And she did. They were the, like the, one of the most accurate yeah, in, the, she won f- like, in their final poll. But yeah, before. she was like she
0: won the national popular vote by yes. about by almost three percent like two and a half percent 2.7 2.8 yes. right somewhere in there
1: they were among the most accurate on that front which is yes. interesting only for it that one poll that's we- anyway. isn't that
0: weird like
1: they were it very
0: was. they were very pro-trump all the way along and then suddenly when it came you know when the when the rubber hit the road they actually were they were accurate on that one which is interesting when did but you when know, did scott leave what rasmussen reports
1: I don't know. It's some other company doing it. It's like all right. something or other. And he it's started his strange. own company. Yeah, it's weird. Anyway, um, so I was going to just say, thank goodness, though, that we ended up with Trump because he told us all the meaning of Juneteenth, which <laughs> is he made it very popular and famous for us. And I mean, after the his, the yeah. deep history of that event that apparently went forgotten until Trump, we can be very grateful. So his, So. If you want to tell the history of Juneteenth,
0: I'll tell why he, why it became, why he made it famous, is that he decided to have this, that Tulsa rally, and he had scheduled it for June 19th, which is uh, Friday, tomorrow for us. June 9th is when he had it scheduled, and then people called him out, well, why are you doing an event in Tulsa on June 19th? And finally, he bumped it, but tell them the significance of Juneteenth.
1: So Juneteenth is, you know, quote, unofficial, although many people have made it official. I I saw banks and companies and lots of people are celebrating Juneteenth this year. I think it's actually a really fascinating day in history, a really important day. Um, It's when an army general went and read Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation to a group of slaves in one of the last unemancipated areas of Texas. It was I I was was I
0: thought it was Tulsa, Oklahoma isn't there a Tulsa connection to Juneteenth
1: um no so no the it, I do not believe so it was in Texas where they read it the Tulsa connection is that is the massacre in oh, Tulsa that's right. that's right that's right which I have to be honest I had no I I did not know I had forgotten I'm sure I had learned about that event I had forgot right. I had to go back and read um a pretty horrific event and that decision to host an event there um yeah it was a little you know. It's a little strange. I, now let me unless, say, let me
0: say I didn't. Go ahead. I didn't connect Juneteenth in Tulsa, right? I mean that's, and and I don't think that. And there's a part of me that says that Trump didn't either. But maybe maybe they did. Maybe they thought. Listen, there's race stuff going on. There was the Tulsa thing. There's Juneteenth. We could do this all together and have a big kumbaya. Maybe they thought they were going to be uniting
1: by doing that. I don't. I don't know. But or saying something like any other orator would be able to maybe get up and do it, right? right? Like like an Obama would be able to seize that sure. moment and Absolutely. say, "We're here today. Yeah. I'm not going to make it about myself. I'm going to make it about you know." But Trump is not capable of that. Uh, right. Right. So it may have been that that was the plan. Maybe they didn't associate. I don't know, but I'm not going to, but yeah, I don't believe, I think that June, that was the outrage that right. that horrible event happened on the anniversary of this day, but it was in Texas um, where that happened. Right. I guess that was a state where there was, it was like the last state that was emancipated, I believe. But, so, um, so Trump
0: today, right? Maggie Haberman has a tweet about it. She's with the New York Times and somebody, other people did too, but something Trump said today, she's quoting Trump. He says today, I did something good. I made Juneteenth very famous. It's actually an important event and an important time, but nobody had ever heard of it. That's just, this is your president, ladies and gentlemen. What? <laughs> this is what I'll, read the, I'll read that again because I read it poorly the first time, probably as poorly as it was spoken. Here's what the president said today. I did something good. I made Juneteenth very famous. It's actually an important event, an important time, but nobody had ever heard of it, right? This is huh. this is this is like when he said, "Remember when when uh, James Mattis came out and was criticizing the president about uh, La- uh, Lafayette Square? Wasn't it, wasn't wasn't it a reaction to Lafayette Square or something? It was around that time, a few weeks ago, around yeah. the Lafayette Square controversy, and Mattis comes out and blasts the president's disrespectful. Yes, okay, it re- was re- remember that, that? <laughs> and then Trump comes out and says that." That, that Mattis was weak, just like he's doing with, with Bolton today. Maybe we need to get into the Bolton discussion later, too. I don't know. But he's talking about Bolton. Colonel Sanders? Colonel <laughs> no, Sanders no, no. and Trump he's, have a very fierce... No. He's not Colonel Sanders. He is Captain Kangaroo. <clears throat> Colonel Sanders is Glenn. Anyway, so <laughs> Mattis comes out and, and is, is, is dissing what the president has done. I think Again, I think it was in rel- relation to... Uh, Lafayette Square and Trump blasts him says this guy's a nobody I shouldn't have hired him he was very weak he's I was very disappointed fired him like a dog I gave him the nickname Mad Dog Mattis which we talked about last week he didn't give him the name Mad Dog Mattis he absolutely didn't give him the name Mad Dog Mattis in fact I was gonna play this and I think I'll play it now so oh I gotta find it on here it's Um, it's, apparently as a
1: side note before you before you get into that uh, allegedly trump has said that it was a secret service agent an african-american secret service agent who told him about juneteenth
0: so i i picture because because trump is going to take credit for making juneteenth famous he gave mattis the mad dog nickname and i think that I was thinking today I thought what does it remind me of and it hit me it reminds me of one of my all time favorite movies and apparently Donald Trump is the father of Dr. Evil (laughs) listen (laughs) come on play
2: very well where do I begin my father was a relentlessly self improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy.
0: So, I wouldn't be surprised if one day President Trump comes out and goes, I invented the question mark. Would it surprise
1: you? Uh, Billy. Or if he started accusing chestnuts of being lazy. Oh, so great. Right. oh my gosh you know we're living in an era of <laughs> make insanity. believe insanity make we're living believe. in a cartoon
0: did i say this on the show or did i say this before the show about the the news of the day like today like this is election time i can't remember when i said it because yeah. i said it toward the beginning of the show or just before the show that look at all the stories that are going on in the world and the biggest yeah, story I'm of
1: just the year. I'm just looking for Gog. I'm waiting and, for Gog the to biggest pop
0: up. And the biggest story of the year still hasn't happened. The election is the biggest story of the year. It happens every four years. The election of the president is always the biggest story of the, ele- of the year. The, the year that the election happens, election year, biggest story is always the election of the president. Always. It is always the biggest story. And yet, we haven't even got to it yet. Look at what 2020 has been like.
1: Be 2020 lavable. has been a dumpster fire from it has. hell it really if has. we are being honest it has been I have more white hair after the last three months pop it out of my head left and right than I can even count it, so, it is I just Let's I talk. Let's talk, about what go,
0: well, let's talk about what's going on we, started, we, st- we, we were going to start the show with this and we started and then we got into other things which is fine by me we started talking about the Chaz or the Chop uh, in Seattle and what what are your what is your take first on the Chaz? If people don't know the Capitol Hill, uh, what autonomous zone stands for? You know, it's what Chaz stands for. And Capitol Hill is a neighborhood in Seattle. It's not Capitol Hill for because the capital of Washington State is in Olympia, as anyone with anybody who took you know fifth grade geography knows. So anyway, so Capitol Hill is a neighborhood in Seattle, and these hippies, these I mean, these demonstrators, protesters, the rioters anarchists have taken over six square blocks of of seattle the tap in the capitol hill area and they have called it they started calling it Chaz, the capitol hill autonomous zone and then they renamed it to chop which is capitol hill organized protest is that what you told me it's i mean it's ridiculous
1: yeah i think it's Capitol Hill. or yeah organized and so protest. they talk they
0: and they they want to get rid of this so they took over the east precinct and they took over city hall and they uh and they've decided they're going to ban the police, except that they have armed thugs walking around patrolling and beating people up and taking their lunch money. And that's the new police. And they've come out and said, we're the police now. Right. So here's the funny thing. Right. So who is patrolling as the police during the daytime? Antifa, essentially. Right. These radicals. But who, mind you, is is minding the store, is doing security at night. When the Antifa people are like, well we're done doing security during the day, and so now we're going to riot. So who is keeping law and order, Billy, uh in the Chaz uh, at nighttime? I give you Seattle superheroes.
1: Oh, look at this. Oh, pardon me,
0: folks What 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 is the characters? Uh, oh well I go by Red Ranger,
2: this is Spirit Pops, just service. We're the
1: Seattle superheroes. We patrol around, keep people safe, that
2: kind of thing. Hey, Bye keep you keep Seattle safe. We love you, we love you back. You guys stay safe tonight,
0: okay? Okay, so what you have to imagine here is that Elijah Shaver, Elijah Shaver posted this on Twitter. What you have to imagine is three fully covered in kind of spandex padded outfits with belts and helmets and masks, okay? One guy is in red, one guy is in yellow and one guy is in green or something. I don't remember. It's colors, but the main the guy who's speaking is the guy in red and the guy who's speaking is shall we say not built like a superhero. He's really built more <laughs> like a oh let perhaps a Blaze Faith editor. Uh he's he's a he's a little bit round. Uh I think probably you're his, terrible. Probably his super I didn't strength. I not know you were promoted to faith editor either. <laughs> I think probably his super strength would be cuddling. So let's listen to this again and listen. He he actually have nicknames as well. See, did you catch those nicknames? Here we go. Let's listen one more time. It's a short clip. Oh, look
2: at
1: this. Oh, pardon me, folks. What 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 is the characters? Uh, oh well
0: I go by Red Ranger, Red Ranger. Spearbox, just Fox. And the Justin Service,
1: around,
0: the Red I'm Ranger. Hey, keep keep hey. Seattle safe. Red Ranger here. We Red Ranger. Just, just tonight, we girl. are here <laughs> doing filming the Red Ranger get together. It's uh anyway, so that's who Seattle is relying on to protect <laughs> protect streets at nighttime. <laughs> the Seattle uh,
1: superheroes. Can we address the chop for a minute? Yes. You know, imagine the dollar tree which is a oh. chain of stores in which all of the items are a dollar now pretend that occupy wall street is the dollar tree it's a very very cheap brand the chop is like whatever horrific version of a wannabe dollar tree in the middle of a no name area of town would be that is the equivalent of what this is they are ripping off the they are ripping off what Occupy was trying to do, and yet they're doing it in a more bizarre and troubling way somehow. The
0: chop, the ch- chop is the yard sale that the Dollar Tree has when it can't get rid of its items. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, the- <laughs> so these people, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable what's going on there. In fact, here's the crazy: there, there have been attempts in other cities to start autonomous zones, and these other cities. They have locked it down. They've knocked them down. They've stopped them, right? But Seattle isn't. They're just letting it go. And you know, the governor and the ma- the governor didn't know it had been going on for four days, and the governor didn't even know what was happening until he was asked about it at a press conference. What do you think of the Chaz? Let's Honorable talk about Zone. the mayor. He had no clue. And then yeah, Mayor Duncan or Duran or whatever her name is, she didn't. She she's like, well, this is very peaceful. I'm like what
1: what station are you watching? I just don't I don't understand. You know, what I think that honestly, like on a serious note, right, we've joked about it started with reality TV. Right. And then it started with selfies in social media. And now it's extended into the going from the virtual world into the real world, this obsession with the self. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all about us. We're going to shut down everybody else's viewpoint. Not only are we going to shut down somebody else who doesn't agree, we're going to cancel them. We're going to take over the town square, pitch a bunch of tents, and we're going to create our own little country in the middle of all this. It's this this obsession with the self and the detachment from accountability to a higher power and all of these things are manifesting themselves in the, these bizarre behaviors i'm not talking about the protesters and people yeah. who are out there doing legitimate things i'm talking about the weirdos who are trying to take over parts of land they yeah. don't own right. i mean all of it is just pointing to a much bigger problem I feel and this like.
0: could end so quick the city could end this so quick you know what you do you shut down electricity and water and you don't send them food they're like they're asking for food so what did the city do they brought them food they brought them food
1: Well, I've heard – I mean, if you look at what's going on with with businesses and business owners and the people who are like, we want to get back to our lives, we're afraid to be living or working in this area, it's scary. I mean, you start to think about that and you're like, man, I mean, this is really – when you're elected to – you know, protect the people in your town or your city. And when you allow this sort of thing to go and this is not a protest. These are people who are saying we own this area of land and we're going to call it something ridiculous like chop. Yeah. And well, you, you owe us something somehow. No, that's not how it works. And right. I just yeah, I don't know. I mean. When you normalize this, it sends the message to other people yep. that they can do the same thing. Well, and they're getting right, away with—they're sh-
0: getting away with shakedowns. They're forcing these businesses to pay. It's like the mafia. They're—they're they're getting away with shakedowns of these businesses. It's unforgivable. So, t- so in Portland, right? Portland is—Portland has such this, this incredible inferiority complex. And I've had friends from Portland, and and. Uh, and I love I love them to death, but I think that most of them would admit this. But they have this. Inf- the, Portland, the city, has an inferiority complex to Seattle, right? And Oregon is the ugly stepsister of, of Washington State. Frankly, I mean, to be totally honest. But so Portland so wants to be Seattle, and it can't be. It's like Portland, just do your. You're a beautiful city. Stop being lame. Be yourself. But except they have to be like Seattle. So a couple a week or so ago, they tried to start their own chaz and failed. They just gave up. I mean they were they're like eh whatever. And they just stopped. They they are that lame, right? So then last night, Wednesday night, they they set up. They actually did succeed in setting up a chaz, a, cha, a chop or whatever in but it's not chaz because it's Portland. But they did it in the neighborhood where the where the mayor lives, Mayor Ted Wheeler, big time left-wing nutball. They set up a, a their own <laughs> autonomous zone right there in his community, in his neighborhood, and they're going to hold essentially hold him hostage. And what does he do? He calls the cops, and the cops, he orders a crackdown, and the cops shut this frigging thing down forthwith. And it was fantastic. So he comes on the air today. He's being interviewed on one of the, like, K-O-Y-N in, in Portland. And he's being interviewed and asked his thoughts on autonomous zone. Do you want to have an autonomous zone around here? He goes, I do not want an autonomous zone set up in Portland. And he said, I'm watching what's going on in Seattle. I'm not impressed. <laughs> like, see, he's like <laughs> ripping Seattle in the autonomous zone under Seattle. He goes, listen, I'm not in Seattle, obviously, but what I'm hearing coming out of Seattle concerns me. Armed people walking How could around. not? Armed people walking around. People being asked to show their papers and demonstrate where they're from at the entrance to the zone. Business is being shaken down. He goes, why would I want that here? And Here's the crazy thing. these left wingers who are so opposed to Trump's immigration policies where they're like, don't we should let everybody in. Don't crack, don't crack down on the border, don't seal the border. They actually have checkpoints at the zone and they're checking for people's papers and ID. Or do you belong here? Are you allowed to be here? It's unbe- It's unbelievable to watch these people. So T. Wheeler had it shut down. He actually he impressed me. the things he said about Seattle and the fact that he's like, no, we're not doing that here and got he it shut down it was wonderful to watch
1: well i just don't know why we think this is appropriate but i i really do like i i'm concerned i mean do you ever think about like what is the world going to be like for our kids right like i don't these are not passing phases these are things that keep happening and they keep getting weirder yeah yeah
0: yeah well so speaking of weird i want to do this one thing and I, then i want to get on our conversation about weird there's a couple clips i want to play for you first Somebody was writing about what was going on in the Autonomous Zone, and they did a post on Reddit. And they quoted a particular movie, one of my all-time favorites. And Fox News takes this Reddit post about the Chaz and reads it as though it's real news. Here's what what, uh, Fox News reported.
2: And we're also
1: learning that there is infighting among some of the occupiers and some signs of rebellion against Raz Simone, who we introduced you to here on the story last night. One posting on social media that has now been deleted read this. I didn't vote for Raz. I thought we were an autonomous collective, an anarcho-syndicalist commune at the least. We should take turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week.
0: Now, if that sounds familiar, there's a
2: reason for that. Listen. How'd you do? How'd you do, good lady? I am Arthur, King of the Britons. Whose castle is that? King of the Who? The Britons. Who are the Britons? Well, we all are. We are all Britons. And I am your king. I didn't know we had a king. I thought we were an autonomous collective. Autonomous You're culture. fooling yourself. We're living in a dictatorship. A self perpetuating autocracy in which the working classes. Oh, there yeah. you go, bringing class into it again. That's what it's all about. If only people would please, like- please, good people, I am in haste. Who lives in that castle? No one lives there. Then who is your lord? We don't have a lord. What? I told you. We're an anarcho syndicalist commune. We take it in turns to act as a sort of executive officer for the week. Yes. But all the decisions of that officer have to be ratified at a special bi-weekly meeting. Yes, I see. By a simple majority in the case of purely internal affairs. Be quiet. But by a two-thirds majority in the case be of more Be major. quiet. I order you to be quiet. So that's where that Reddit
0: post came from.
2: Somebody just, <laughs> talked, copied, just
0: transcribed the constitutional <laughs> peasant from Monty Python's Holy Grail. And put it on Reddit, and Fox News read it as though it was an actual complaint from the Chaz people. It was fabulous.
1: Oh case my to one gosh! Other- well, go ahead. Well, we're we're seeing reports. I was just I saw a Fox News report earlier that a Seattle private. First of all, that's hilarious. But second of all, a Seattle private uh, security company is hire is being hired by oh. all of these people inside because the cops allegedly aren't responding to low priority calls and people are freaked out they don't want to leave their homes and businesses are closing down again after yeah. reopening after covid and so they're actually calling these companies because there's reports of people walking around with the AK47s and yeah. AR15s and the whole nine yards policing the area themselves um, and yet these people are afraid so they're hiring private there, companies there I was mean, how crazy a, is that there was
0: an auto repair shop near the CHAZ but outside of it outside the boundaries of the CHAZ Clearly outside, not just like on the outside the boundary of the Chaz. And they caught a guy who had broken into their store, this father son who owned this auto repair company. They caught a guy in the lobby of their store at night and he's trying to set it on fire. He put a hand sanitizer out and lit it and they got the fire out and then they apprehended the guy, right? They caught him and they had him down on the ground pinned down and the son's holding them down, and the father calls the cops, calls 911 19 times. 19. He's trying to get the cops there, he's trying to get the fire department there because a the fire had been, you know, had, had been lit. And they couldn't get him to respond. And finally, on the 19th call, he said, the cops said, We are not, we are not coming. You are on your own. And so this father son do have this suspect held to the ground. And what happens? These other people from the Chaz. Start breaking down their fence and walking over the property demanding and getting in the face of the of the sun, demanding that they let this suspect go. And they let him go because they feared for their own lives.
1: Can you believe that?
0: That's in the United I can. States.
1: I can't. I mean, this is some like this is some remember the old left behind movies with Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Do you remember <laughs> like my, what my it favorites. looked like after the rapture? That's yeah. what this stuff is yeah. starting to look it's, like. It's pretty nutty. Uh, I, mean, I just. But, uh, but
0: the fun, The great thing is there's a lot of humor to be found in there because there are a lot of nut balls who are just worth laughing. at. Like the guy like the superheroes, the Seattle superheroes. Let's laugh. Let's, I don't know anything about these guys other than that. There's some chubby guy in a red suit running around being a superhero. And it's for once, it's not you. <laughs> so or you, it's Santa Claus. So it's, it's kind of nice without Lucas's face, isn't it? By wonderful? the way, by the way, I, I mean, don't tell him that. I, he won't listen to this. So we can. Say I mean,
1: we, we miss to. him. We miss you, Lucas. Ugh. So, <laughs> well, I, I hope he's okay. <laughs> I, I I mean, he probably has diarrhea or something. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. The only thing that really would ever keep anyone from appearing on this show would be a bad case of diarrhea, <laughs> or or common sense. So, I mean, when I say things I don't think, I'm sure that there are future employers and current employers listening to this. So, pretend <laughs> you didn't hear that. That's right. So, one of the funny things that,
0: that has come out, and Lucas, I was hoping Lucas is going to be here for this because he shared it with me and shared it with us and said, we, you know, we should use this for the show. And somebody took a clip from Frasier. Now, if you remember Frasier, it's that show that H- Kelsey Grammer was the star. It was a, uh, an Emmy-winning winning show. He, he played the character. He played Frasier. There was the character on Cheers. And then they moved him out to Seattle. And he started his own business in Seattle. And he was a talk radio show host. And he was kind of a Dr. Laura, but a, you know, a psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever on the air. And he would take people's calls. Well, somebody got creative with a clip from, from Frasier because Frasier, as you know, is in Seattle. And they had a Chaz member, uh, a pretend Chaz member, call in to Fraser's radio show. And they, re- they replace it. And then they have R- Fraser responding to it. So let's listen to the call to Fraser Crane on the Fraser Crane show.
2: Yeah,
1: he- hello. My name, is, my name is Roger, and I am a resident of the nation of Chaz. I'm having a bit of a crisis. All of my conflict-free, locally-sourced food storages were raided by a band of steampunks, and my U.S. currency is no longer recognized in the chat. I'm getting a lot of text messages from my biological guardians whose basement I recently liberated myself from, but now I have no food, and I'm thinking about reaching back out to them for some aid. Does that compromise my status as a non-binary, full-core, anti-fascist, male-feminist, non-patriarchal intersectional ally? (laughs)
2: Roger, at Cornell University, they have an incredible piece of scientific equipment known as the tunneling electron microscope. Now, this microscope is is so powerful that by firing electrons, you can actually see images of the atom, the infinitesimally minute building block of our universe. Roger, if I were using that microscope right now, I still wouldn't be able to locate my interest in your problem. (laughs)
0: I like that one. I thought that was fun. So these Chaz weirdos, we've we've dealt with them. Now, Billy, you were talking about this world that we're that we're living in. What our, it's it's, a, it's the world our kids are inheriting. Is they're it's, stuck living it's in? Terrifying. And it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And people who are extreme and extremist, and you know, and it's right on the right and It's on the right end on the on the left. I mean, we've got. We've got, you know, Antifa and socialists and commies and all that kind of working together on the left. And we've got Proud Boy types and 4chan and, you know, QAnon and all this other friggin' garbage that's on the, quote, right, as we like to say. And what do we do? I mean, what's, I mean, other than, uh, obviously, okay, here's the Jesus, the, the Jesus God Bible answer. We pray. And as Christians, we, we live lives... I mean, lives, that is the solution. And as Christians, I mean, we live lives that bring glory to God, and we try to teach other about other people about Christ and His redemptive power. All those things are things we absolutely must do. But is, is there is there public policy that we can support? What, what do we do? Is I is mean, the at the end we, of the
1: day, we encourage personal responsibility. We get back to the basics. Even if you're an atheist, the basics of of human interaction that we respect the first amendment. We don't try to cancel everybody we disagree with. We take a moment to breathe before we decide to react. I mean, these are things, you know, you don't have to, we, we know Jesus says, love God, love others. Fine. If you don't want to love God, at least try to love others, not on the condition of them agreeing with you, not on the condition of that. It's not all about you. Like it's not all about you. Who cares? right? Right. We all matter. We all have value, but it's not all about us. And I feel like, That's the problem. Like that's at the at the core of all of this. The other problem is that you know, listen, you're filling yourself up with something, and I'm not. There are plenty of people who are. Let me just clarify before I say what I'm about to say. There are atheists who are nice people. There are atheists who have some semblance of morals. There are moral atheist people. Now, I believe there's a highest moral code that we're supposed to abide by, and that we're supposed to base that on God. So I believe that the highest form of good comes from a relationship. With God, that doesn't mean you can't be good if you're not a Christian. So let me clarify that. But, sure. man, we need, we need spiritual solutions. You you read the Bible, and it tells us, and I guess I'm like a little, some people will say I'm over-spiritualized right now after coming out of a lot of research and just looking at Satan and the and the fact that he's the author of confusion. And you see that throughout Scripture, and yet what do you see all around us? Increased confusion. We've always had it, but there seems to be, it seems to be systematic. We're you, talking a lot about systems. That's another thing that seems pretty yeah. systematic to me is the level of confusion and chaos so right now. You said you did a bunch of research. Do you have a, a book
0: coming out or something?
1: Well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but <laughs> I know you and Kate Scanlon would, would love for me to bring it up, our friend Kate. Yeah, it's called Play, Playing With Fire, and and the entire book focuses on this question of, is there a Satan? Who is Satan? What does the Bible tell us? What do theolo- theologians tell us? What do what do people who have gone through experiences with this tell us? And how does it impact culture? And I mean, a lot of people are going to look at this book and say, You're a total nut job. Why would you look at this? But I would say if you're a Christian, even if you're a nominal Christian, you don't get you don't get to look at the Bible and say, Oh, I believe this part, that part, and this part, and right. cherry pick. This is a huge part of scripture. And I think it's one that maybe if more of us understood it. And then I'll get off my soapbox. We would be in a much better place individually and, and corporately. Yeah, I, oh, I totally agree. You're absolutely right. And
0: but here's the other part is that a lot of people, and I want to play a clip. It's in a funny clip. It's from John Cleese who also happens to be from Monty Python, but this isn't a Monty Python clip, but a lot of people are extreme and then they get off on being extreme. Like there's the The only thing that makes them happy is being unhappy and hating other people, right? Listen, I hate other yep. people, it's just my nature, but I don't enjoy hating other people. That's kidding, I don't actually hate everybody. <laughs> so but there are a lot ahead. of people that, they, they, the meaning they find on the, on the right and the left, listen, you can, I can, you for every, my, to my current conservative friends who are listening right now, for every left-wing nutball that you can point out and that says inappropriate things, I can find you two conservatives or and so-called Christians who do the same thing. Because it is absolutely unbelievable what is going on out there i mean it's it is completely inappropriate when when we have people i'm not going to say names because i'll get myself in trouble but when we got people i saw it today posting clips littered with profanity audio clips very popular media people littered with profanity and then talking and and are the same people who are saying that they're jesus lovers and they're christ followers and then they talk like this are you are you kidding me are you kidding me? I'm calling you out right. Now. I'm not yeah. gonna use your names right now because it's not it's not fair. I'm it's I'm just throwing it in the ether, and that's not. I don't want to do that to them. But generally speaking, right? I, listen, I work I work with fifty teenagers every friggin' Wednesday night, and they have more sense than than these people, right? These these kids. We we have our youth group is called Catalyst, and we have brand new shirts that we just made that I paid to have made. I got a big logo on the back, on the front with a, with cool, a little bit of cool writing. And then a, a little thing on the back. that this change starts here. That's our, that's our motto. And most of these kids are not church kids. And we've told them you can buy these shirts. for five bucks, right? And it's going to, we're going to maybe break even selling all these, but we want these kids to be able to have them because they identify with this, with this group, but they're not church kids. And most of them don't know who Jesus is. Really. I mean, they know as far as what we're teaching them, but as far as having a relationship, but they have enough sense to know I say listen, I want you to buy a shirt. I want you to have one. I want you to be a part of this group what we're doing. But if you're going to walk around being a dinkus, don't be wearing the shirt while you're being a dinkus. They have enough sense to understand what I mean when I say that. But we got a bunch of people in the media including on including places that you and I either do or have worked who post videos and stuff and nonsense online and you're going, "Dude, Take off the the Jesus T-shirt if that's how you're gonna act and that's how you're gonna talk. You and I can every once in a while get pretty serious and fired up, but we're never purposefully crass. I mean that's no because it's bad representation. No. I don't want I I explain to me how I explain to somebody else who I'm trying to witness to. Can, can I'm having these conversations and then they would listen to me rattle off a bunch of profanities on the air? Are you kidding?
1: Are you kidding? Yeah, no, it's it's completely insane. So, I mean, uh, the fact, yeah,
0: yeah. So there's people on the right and the left. There's my lead into this clip. The people on the right and on the left who are absolutely, they get off on having people that, to hate, and that's where they find their fulfillment. So here's, here's John Cleese on extremism.
2: Seriously, though, we've heard a lot about extremism recently, a nastier, harsher atmosphere everywhere, more abuse.
0: By the way, he recorded this, I believe, 30 to 35 years ago. Okay. So this is how old yet prescient this is.
2: And boy behaviour, less friendliness and tolerance and respect for opponents. All right, but what we never hear about extremism is its advantages. <laughs> well, the biggest advantage of extremism is that it makes you feel good because it provides you with enemies. Let me explain. The great thing about having enemies is that you can pretend that all the badness in the whole world is in your enemies and all the goodness in the whole world is in you. Attractive, isn't it? So, if you have a lot of anger and resentment in you anyway and you therefore enjoy abusing people, then you can pretend that you're only doing it because these enemies of yours are such very bad persons and that if it wasn't for them, you'd actually be good-natured and courteous and rational all the time. So, if you want to feel good, become an extremist. Okay, now you have a choice. If you join the hard left, they'll give you their list of authorized enemies. Almost all kinds of authority, especially the police, the city, Americans, judges, multinational corporations, public schools, furriers, newspaper owners, fox hunters, generals, class traitors, and, of course, moderates. Or, if you'd rather be an extremist on the hard right, no problem, fine. You still get a lovely list of enemies, only they're different ones. Noisy minority groups, unions, Russia, weirdos, demonstrators, welfare sponges, meddlesome clergy, peaceniks, the BBC, strikers, social workers, communists, and, of course, moderates, and upstart actors. Now, once you're armed with one of these super lists of enemies... You can be as nasty as you like and yet feel your behaviors morally justified. So you can strut around uh, abusing people and telling them you could eat them for breakfast and still think of yourself as a champion of the truth, a a fighter for the greater good, and not the rather sad paranoid schizoid that you really are. So
0: I thought that was absolutely spot on. That That speaks exactly to what we're dealing with today in our political environment. That is the world our children are inheriting. That is the world we're seeing before us. And listen, we have all been guilty of it one time or another. There have been times in all of our lives where we've gone, "The world is bad because of that person over there," and it's like, "No, maybe oh, the world is totally. bad because you are an idiot. Maybe
1: that's the problem." You well, yourself yeah, are an idiot. I yeah, I think, oh, man, it's so true. It's crazy that it was that long ago because not much has changed. It's gotten worse, I yeah. think. In a lot of ways, but not much has changed. You know what he said about the left and police was really interesting. What he said about, you know, a number of things uh, pertaining to demeaning other people, finding the value in ourselves—it makes it easier to look at ourselves and say, "Well, we'd be wonderful people if that bad stuff wasn't going right. on." Right? Well, those bad that people, gives us yeah. the license to be total right. jerks, right. but and blame it on the other people. Right. Which again, personal responsibility—it's not all about right. you. And we are all guilty of that, too. I mean, you know, being selfish and thinking about ourselves to the point of to the point when we demean others or we don't think about them. And I just think these are the things that are wrong in society. These are the things that are wrong in culture. And we're not teaching. I mean, you are and I'm trying to you know teach our kids to do the right thing. Right. And have faith, love God, love others, follow through, take personal responsibility. But a lot of people are not teaching that. To their kids.
0: Okay, so everybody knows we I'm I'm gonna use the names of your daughters as an for an example situation. And you've given their names before. We, this where I'm not giving away any secrets, right? We can say their names. Ava and Lily are having a dispute. And Lily or Ava comes to you and says, Daddy, Lily just socked me right in the nose. Right? This happens like three but, times but, a but week. But it's Continue. actually so. L- Lily and Ava come to you, and Ava says, Lily punched me in the nose, right? And Lily says, well, Ava Ava took my ice cream, right? Now, which could happen, I suppose. Would you say to Ava, you know, you had it coming, you took her ice cream? Or would you say to Lily, you know what, Lily? Even if she did this to you, you don't get to punch her in the nose. Proper adult uh, behavior, proper yeah. civilized behavior is, no, you don't get to just punch them in the nose because they took your ice cream. Right? You yes. still talk to the person who took the ice cream and say, listen, don't be a jerk and take the ice cream, right? But you, it's just ice cream. Right? If if Lily if Lily comes to you and says, Dad, Ava slapped me across the face. Well, Ava, did you slap her across the face? Yes, but 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 Lily said that I I looked like a, a frog, right? Well, I don't care what Lily said to you, Ava, you don't get to slap her. And yeah, for and, some, for and, some reason, that doesn't apply to American civilization. And it doesn't apply, apparently, to a whole lot of people in the church. And that drives me nuts.
1: Well, and I think the church is experiencing the panic and shock of watching culture shift after enjoying a long time being on top of culture, yeah. you watching said shift. very rapidly. shift, by the way. He said culture shift. shift. <laughs> yes. Well, it's doing both. But yes, <laughs> shift. Um, And you're watching it shift and in that process, panicking and looking for political saviors to hold things back. And I think it's not bad to choose the lesser of two evils. It's not bad to try. But but when politics has become your God, in a sense, and you have more faith in that than anything else, we have a problem. And I think. I think that empowers us to behave the way you're describing, too. Well, hey, we can do this because you know what? We're stopping the bad guys. So no matter what we have to do, stop them at any cost. Well, yeah, there may be some people with really bad policy and bad ideas, and maybe it's bad for our country in a lot of ways, but we have to have a better way Yep. Of, of responding. And we know what that blueprint is, right? Absolutely. I mean, we, we it's, it's before us. We just choose the carnal, right. nasty way we, of doing it sometimes.
0: We choose what we think is the easier way, and we find it more fun and more fulfilling. But it, it truly isn't more fun. It truly isn't more fulfilling. And it actually—and people are going to disagree with me on this, I'm sure—it isn't easier. It isn't actually easier to do things the world's way. It's actually easier to do them God's way if you have sacrificed your will to His— because what did Jesus say in the Bible about it? Jesus said, "Listen, yeah, the world's going to come against you," but He also said that He also said this to us, and it's a promise from Him: "My yoke is easy, my burden is light." And so when I'm working with teenagers and I'm working with youth workers, and I ha- and I hear pastors say trying to trying to win over converts either young adults or teenagers even old people but especially with teenagers this is so hard to be a christian and they keep going over and over it's so hard to be a christian like listen first even if it's true even if that were true don't say it that's bad marketing <laughs> why would you say that right even if you be- even if you believed it, that's not that's not how you sell the thing that you that you believe to people but i said but but i'm like but I that's not where I live because when I have sacrificed my will to his, yes, it's things that the world is gonna say that's harder, but it's gotta be so hard to, you know, to be so committed to going to church on Sundays and reading your Bible and spending time in prayer. It's gotta be hard. It's like, no, it's it's really not. Because I've chosen to have this relationship. And I've chosen to sacrifice my will. And when you do that, well, everything yeah. else falls into place.
1: Yep. No, yeah. And I think I think we are going to see in the next five years the next two years the next 10 years for sure a real shift even more i think if christians are worried now about being in a minority when you're looking at projections showing only 60 percent of americans calling themselves christians yeah. which means it's probably like 10 percent actually being christians you who knows what the actual percentage is but it's lower than 60 yeah. we are really going to be feeling this i think we saw with the supreme of, court of, this week they're going to be
0: short of revival yeah absolutely
1: and, you know, I actually believe we could see a revival happen at the same time while this continues to happen, True. right? Yeah. That we could see revival while we are falling apart still. And I, m- maybe we will see that. I right. I tend to think, I mean, look at the 70s, right? Yep. We, that's yep. what was kind of happening. You yep. had revival at the same time as things were falling apart. Okay, so let me
0: ask you, and I know we've been a little over an hour and we should probably wrap up here soon, but I do want to ask you, I, I have one other funny thing to play, but it's, it's kind of non-sequitur, so we're not going to get to that yet. We can end with it. What What are your thoughts on the things that happened in the Supreme Court this week? There are two the two big things people have been talking about today, and then earlier this week, was that today they ruled that the president can't over you get rid of DACA on his own. Right? That they they said that he can, that he has the power to, but that he didn't present the case well enough. And I'm like, I I don't understand how that How does that work? How does Something that was constitutionally suspect to begin with. Now you're saying he can't get rid of it because he didn't give you good enough reasons. What that makes it makes no sense to me at all. Did you have you kept up with that case at all? Did you keep up with that?
1: Yeah, I did. I had fallen off the rails a little bit, and then I pick, I picked back up. I was a little confused by, and the problem is like going back to read these. Nobody has time to read the decision and the dissent and because we all have lives. Right. You get a chance to do that more because you're dealing with that now. I'm not so much in that world right now. But but yeah, it's a I feel like it's weird. It's almost as though I almost wish it just wasn't an election year. Not that I don't not that the justices are doing this, but it does feel like some of them might be reacting to Trump in some ways in his behavior and the way he does things. And we don't like the way you do things. So it colors the way in which we're going to respond. Some of them are always going to vote that way. But there are some where it's become, I mean, kind of strange to watch. And I think it erodes our whole argument of but Gorsuch, but Gorsuch. Now, having said that, yes. everyone's jumping on that train. Well, see, you can't conservatives, you know, you're voting for these justices and you're doing it because, you know, uh, blah, 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 you can't rely on them. Well, yeah, that may be true sometimes, but you always have a better shot with those justices than you do with the other one. You know what you're getting with Joe Biden, right? right. And even if you still end up with this, sometimes there are going to be some victories for the right. We have to be honest about that.
0: Sure. And so, but to with that point in mind, I want your reaction on Gorsuch's ruling this week on the LGBT stuff when it comes to Title VII of the Civil Rights Act. What is, what
1: is your reaction to that?
0: Explain it a little bit and then tell us, tell us your take on it.
1: I'm a little frustrated with how the core is handling that. I feel like they keep kicking cans down the road and making things more confusing. Yeah, they've had new they had numerous cases brought up to them. They barely ruled on the Jack Phillips case. They kicked the can down the road again on the, the ongoing yeah, narrowed, debate over they, the first.
0: Buried, yeah, that was the cake shop they verily, the very very narrowly ruled on that and not even on the constitutional grounds on it but on the how the no. commission was anti-faith in the way that they dealt with it so they didn't even rule on the actual grounds of the ca- on the case on the issue in the case right so they're very it narrow sent it back to that right and they, right. they were very narrow on it, on, on purpose and then they do this thing with title 7 and it's this huge broad swath in my opinion but anyway i interrupted you
1: well now and and listen i uh, I look at it and it creates more questions. The the Supreme Court needs to, they have to, and it makes me nervous are they doing this to kick it down the can to the uh, so far that people don't care anymore about these rights? We have a first amendment for a reason, mm-hmm. okay? You have freedom of religion, not just freedom of religion, obviously freedom of freedom of association, mm-hmm. right? All of these things are very important to consider and you have you do have to weigh them a- against the 14th amendment. You have you're always talking about a division and a fight over people's rights. And it's a fight that needs to be had, but they need to make a decision. And I would argue that any decision that erodes the First Amendment, there's a balance on these things. Mm -hmm. I know you're someone who has some very specific views on kind of, but I think most for most Americans who don't fall into the camp where you are, they don't mind certain levels of protections, but those protections have to be for everyone. You cannot force somebody to design a website for a church if they don't want to. You cannot force somebody to create a product for an event that they are legitimately uncomfortable with due to their faith. I don't care. And by the way, when the reaction to that is, well, I'm a Christian and I would do it, that's good for you. Good for you. Who cares? It's not about you. Again, it's not (laughs) about you. Exactly. It's not Um, about you. So I just, I think, anyway, I'm rambling, but we need, we need a balance. And the, the court does not want to give us what we need, which is clarity. And that's frustrating to me.
0: Well, and they added, language to the, they added language to the bill. There's a reason that Congress was trying to, at least parts of Congress, the House had passed, and it died in the Senate, I think, twice. Congress passed an amendment to the Civil Rights Act, Section uh, Title Seven of the, of the Civil Rights Act, that would have added homosexuals and maybe even transgenders to the Employment Protection uh, Legislative uh, language, right? That you can't fire somebody. Right now, you can't fire somebody based on sex or religion, or or not sex, or sex or race or whatever, right? But they, but Congress realized, well, if we want to protect homosexuals in this, then we need to add language protecting gays, right? And and they hadn't done it yet, but they knew all along that they needed to in order for it to be to be legitimate. And what does the court do this week? The court rules. Thank you, Ju- Justice Roberts and Justice Gorsuch. Gorsuch the court decides you know what that language is actually already there because if you have two people who want to wear a dress and you tell the man he can't wear a dress well then yes he's trans he's transgender he feels like he identifies as a woman you're you are biased against him on the basis of sex because you're not letting a man wear a dress so it's not equal protection if if a if there are if there's a woman in the office named Sally and Larry likes her and uh, Stephanie likes her, both, right? And you fire Stephanie, but you don't fire Larry, then you're being uh, biased against homosexuals. And so that's, that's the kind of reasoning that they're giving us. Well, then why was Congress trying to add language to this? Because Congress knew that it wasn't actually part of the legislation. But the, the court decided, no, oh, no, it's in
1: there. We, we found it. It's like, no, you didn't. You just made it up. You know... And there are so many complicated situations. And one of the frustrating things is watching people report on these things, right? And the way that it's framed and discussed, these are very complicated issues. And it's fascinating to me that we're willing to listen to one person's experience or one side's viewpoint or feeling. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but then when it comes to listening to the other side's sincerely held beliefs and opinions they don't matter and they're discriminatory and they're awful and yet you know there are i do think it's i think there's a major difference between walking into a diner and again some people will argue different things on this and saying to a person who's eating you're gay you can't eat a meal here get out and saying to a couple that who comes in Hey, you know what? I'm actually I don't make cakes for same-sex weddings as a baker. Yeah. Those are two totally different things um to me, and I think most people see the difference in that. And so I yeah, I don't know with all of this, you know, again, if you're a business owner, at what point do you lose your right, your first amendment right, right. on some of these issues, and right? And that's been my
0: point all along is that I my theory is all of this goes away all of it goes away if you say, "You know what? You can hire and fire and 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 refuse service to anybody for any reason. You don't like their eye color, you can deny them, you can fire them. You don't like the way they smell. You don't like the people they hang out with, whatever. It's your business. You can do that if you please. You should be allowed to do it. My, my response my when people push back well, that's terrible, it's like I didn't say that you should do it. I think that you should be allowed to do it. And if I find out that a business is acting in that manner, guess what? I'm not going to patronize that business, and it's going to hurt them to 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 act that way, right? Now, if a company can thrive off yeah. being racist because it's a black-owned company that will hire whites or a white-owned company that will hire will hire blacks, and it can continue to thrive, well, then they found a way to thrive. That doesn't mean that they should do it. That doesn't mean that there's the we can't talk about there being a moral imperative and trying to change their hearts. But the problem is that the hate is in the heart already. The legislation doesn't change that heart.
1: So, I well, me, the freedom. But if we're going to give Hobby Lobby if, the right to to have basically to exercise religious beliefs and how it operates, how are we not letting small businesses make that same decision? Exactly. I, I think I think particularly about. Wedding vendors and those who are uncomfortable in this area, I just to me it's like we let a major corporation make this decision on right. contraceptives, but we're not going to let people yeah, yeah I yeah. just it, it's no. very strange
0: to me I, I agree, and I think that why does why does a business's religion only matter if they're nonprofit? Why does it matter if only if they're a church why does it why can't it extend to a business like I actually if you're somebody who said, listen, I firmly hold to these beliefs. That homosexuality is not okay, and so I can refuse service to them. That doesn't mean that you should. That doesn't mean you should refuse service to somebody. But I'm telling you, if you're that convicted about that, worried about why shouldn't it be okay for you to? I don't. I cannot get my my brain cannot connect those dots. It's, I, I have now, not been able to do it.
1: And I and I'm okay by the way with these protections. I you and I differ there a little bit. I don't mind. I think we should have protections, but they should be applied equally. People the first and the fourteenth amendment can both be protected, enacted, allowed, and people on both ends can have their rights be respected. But but right now it feels like we're on a trajectory toward pushing more for the fourteenth than the first to a degree. And I don't know, I'm not a listen, I'm not a constitutional scholar understand. by any
0: here's point. what I don't understand. Again, I'm not a bright man. I don't understand why a person's quote right to be a customer supersedes the quote right of the business owner to refuse service? Why is it that if you and I, Billy, decide you know what we're we're just gonna go hang out and we're gonna go to this business and you and I are just gonna go on a little date? If you and I decide that, why is it why is our right to go on this date at a restaurant? Why does that right supersede the right of that business owner to say no, you can't come in here? I don't understand. See, uh, to me, neither of those things are, I, I don't understand. I, 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 I cannot make it compute. If it's legitimate for the customer to have the right to go in, why isn't it legitimate for the, for the business owner to say, no, you can't come in. It's my business. It's my freedom to associate. That's what I don't, I can't, I, I, it, is, it, does, it defies logic to me. I cannot make it work.
1: Yeah, I guess the the argument is you're providing a service to the public and that you know you're an American we're going to protect. I don't think the government should be able to discriminate. I think that all of the civil
0: rights laws should apply strictly to the government. I I totally would support that. I absolutely 100% support Civil Rights Act as it applies to government. The government can't discriminate. I I I believe that. But I as if I'm a business owner and I want to be a bigot and I don't think you should be, but if you want to be, you ought to be able to be one. And if you and what you're going to discover is that probably you're going to fail at your business, probably. And if you don't, you're probably in an area where I don't want to be anyway.
1: But yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, listen. You know, I I think that I think you can find you and I would agree on. Finding a balance because yeah. you're never going to get what well, you're describing. You're never going right. to. That's never going to happen. Right. But these are be, these protections are never right. right. And I'm fine with the protections. I think I think it's fine. I think you, if you're a diner and you've chosen to be a diner, you should serve food to everyone. Um, but, you know, I, I my issue is more at what point, and, and there were some states that did I, propose ideas of religious designations for so businesses, by the way.
0: I, if I'm, a, if, I'm a, if I'm a if I'm a excuse me. There are plenty of people on the left who will say that being, if you're a female, you should be able to be out and about topless because it's a freedom of expression kind of thing and that there should be... And if and if you're wearing a see-through shirt as a woman, that that should be okay and then it's just all hanging out there and everybody can see it. You got a shirt on, right? So if I have a restaurant and I want to say no shoes, no shirt, no service, you can get around that because you gotta, you've got a shirt on, it's clear and you can see straight through and you see everything you get around the no shoes no shirt no service rule can I as a can I say no you can't come in because I we, we're not going to have that filth here we don't we've, this is a family place we don't want you walking around well does their right to quote express themselves trump my right as a business owner to not have that nonsense in my business that's why that's why I think the fewer of these kinds of rules we have the better rather than having more of them but you're right. There has to be some sort of balance. But I don't know where you draw the balance in a world that lives and as John Cleese talked about these extremes. These extremes. How do you draw a balance? And I'm no moderate. <sighs> I'm no moderate. I'm a far right wing conservative. Now I'm not an extremist, but I'm I'm conservative, and I don't have time. I don't know how you draw a balance with somebody who says yes, you should be able to go in there three. Three gay men and a, and a gay and a, and two gay horses should be able to go into a building, be almost completely nude and see-through clothing and totally erect, going into this restaurant, and he shouldn't be able to kick him out. What I do, do not I do? understand. What do I do?
1: <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> You're crazy. I don't. I, mean, I
0: don't know. No. I don't know how you, how you fix that. So, of course, your your response no. would be the way we fix this. Is we reelect Donald Trump so that we can get more conservative justices like, you know, well, like John Roberts and, and, and Neil Gorsuch. That's who that's what we should well,
1: do. I'm not voting. All oh, so. right. So that, which is
0: which is clearly not true, because today you sent me your new favorite song. So let me play this and we're, we'll finish up here with this. But this is Bill. This is the song that Billy sent me. He found it on Twitter as his family singing out in front of I don't know Supreme Court or somewhere. I don't know. But he absolutely loved it. And he says, you have to hear this. So here we go.
2: Oh here's come on everybody fall oh here's come on everybody fall
1: I've been working for like 15 hours. Why did you do that to me? I am like, <laughs> now you're not going to be able to sleep, did right? Me so
2: that's,
0: that's, so that's the crazy, that's the, one of the things that drives me nuts is that that is. Like, Lucas, that's, that's the, that's the Trump base. That's the, and I'm going, why is, why do you think that that's something that it will attract? anybody to that? what you're I don't get I can never I will never be able to wrap my head around that ever
1: I'm fairly certain these are Democrats trying to dissuade people from voting these were
0: these were definitely Trump people these were these were probably I don't know who they were I shouldn't say because it's not nice but I was going to say something about them being white, white, white evangelicals with some with some musical talent who probably some of them lead worship in their church and half of them are homeschooled but I'm not going to say that. I was <laughs> oh thinking about God. it, but I'm not going to say
1: it because that would be cruel and unusual. But anyway, oh, Amy so Klobacher gonna... removed her name from consideration as VP. Oh, really? Well, she she would some... like she wants Joe Biden to choose a woman of color. So, so welcome Kamala. Here, Kamala. here
0: we go. Yeah, Kamala Harris or the babe from Atlanta. Who was that was should be the governor of Georgia? Stacey oh, Abrams.
1: Stacey. Yeah. So, um. Anyway. That's really interesting
0: interesting so all right so are we done I mean, this is our, our, yeah. sans, Goodbye, our sans, Felicia, Lucas, this. sans Lucas episode all right so well, Lucas I'm sure we'll be back next year oh and next week you are can you talk about what you're doing last week next week for at least one day if not maybe two
1: are you allowed I'll to talk to share, about that yet? I'll, I'll share it I'll share it next week just okay. in case things fall through okay so yes we
0: definitely have to talk about that next week but Billy has a fun little
1: fun little surprise
0: for What's going on uh, in Billyland next week? He could be, he could be the next major television star, the next bachelor,
1: the first Andrea, married Andrea bachelor.
0: Andrea wouldn't, Andrea wouldn't allow that, I don't think.
1: Well, I mean, it would it would actually be like a food version where I just try different types of food. food. <laughs>